HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. The best Jimmy place Carbo- to be. Jimmy Ludwig's in town. All right, Jimmy Carboni hey. from Jimmy's Number 43. And Jimmy, Jimmy Ludwig. Ludwig. Jimmy Ludwig from the Happy Hour Guys. So glad to be back with you, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, today it's uh, November 5th, 2013. A lot of things are coming up. we got uh, John Hall with his Craft Beer Cookbook, Tony Forder from Ale Street News, and uh, next week's the Coast to Coast Toast and the Craft Experience. A lot of really cool things happening in beer in New York. It's nice to have you on, Jimmy. Thanks, man. You, uh, you've given me the chance to be your wingman today. So uh, you're my wingman. I'm your wingman. So, you know, Iceman. You can call me Iceman, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I'm not really a Val Kilmer type, but... Um, I, I look like him when I play volleyball. I, talking about I turned actors. off the movie early. What happened to Goose at the end of it? <laughs> talk to me, Goose. John. Talk, talk to me. John. But so, Jimmy, talking about uh, actors and beer, have you checked out the Brew Dogs TV show? Uh, you know what I have? Uh, I also met those guys when I was in Scotland over the summer. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of them. I'm a fan of what they do. I really love what they're doing in their community up there, and I love the show. I think it's a lot of fun. So I, anything that brings craft beer to the masses that way I think is a lot of fun, just like we do. I mean, you know, it's great. And so on the Happy Hour, guys, what's your latest episode? We just put up a big episode featuring Peakskill Brewing, uh, Chief O'Neill down there at Peakskill. Uh, and we're about to do – the next episode is probably going to feature his cool ship. He's got a cool ship where uh, – I don't know if you know that, but that's some heavy-duty beer uh, history right there. One of the only – the only uh, American style of beer depends on that particular piece of equipment. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, and he makes some crazy good beers up there, including one called Amazeballs. Yeah, didn't that, didn't that uh, do well at the GAB? Yeah, I think it uh, won an award for uh, – they had a contest for their favorite named beers from people. I think Amazeballs was obviously in there. And it took a silver in the – I think it was an international pale ale? Uh, category. There's so many. The categories now have, uh, what do we say, metastasized? There's yes. a lot of them now. So well good of, name oh, and good beer because yeah. it wins awards for both. Yes, it did. All right. Like absolutely. It. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. That's good. Uh, Tony, have you, uh, how many years have you been going to the GABF? Uh, 
probably about 18. This was the first year that I skipped it in 17 years, and L Street News did not run a uh, tour this year. I thought I saw you there. We had, yeah, I might, you might have thought you saw me there, but um, <laughs> that really, actually, it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It was a Tony Foster uh, Porter and Pop. We had we had actually just completed a European tour a couple of weeks prior to that, so a lot of our people were on that, and we just felt like taking a year off. And um, you know, we'll be back next year for sure. And uh, would, would you call the faithful. would you call the GABF the Super Bowl of beer? What would you what was the, what's the best? Yeah, way it definitely it? is. It's got it's the largest fest in this country, and it's just it just all the sideshows and events seem to be getting bigger every year, and it's um. It's difficult to navigate, and then you have the expense involved with all the hotels. Uh, put the rates through the roof. I don't know. The Super Bowl is over in like four hours <laughs> from the game. But this is like this is like the carnival of because it goes and it's what yeah, four days. Four it days, really right? does. Yeah, it, and it's not even that. It's the week leading up to it, and even yeah. the week after in Denver. It's so voluminous and so just mind-bogglingly. Uh, Brain foggingly uh, the awful. The attendance this year was what? Close to 50,000? Yeah. 50, yeah. yeah. They tend to keep the entrance pretty pretty static. You know, they sell out quicker and quicker yeah. every year, so you really have to jump on the tickets. But uh, it's something that, you know, every beer fan should do at least once, if Absolutely. not 10 times. Yes. And you don't need a hotel room. You can sleep in the street. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a hotel There's room. There's a lot of references <laughs> coming, to, coming to mind, and I'm not going to go there because there's something about going to Provincetown. Cape Cod or something. Whoa! Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Whoa. It sounds like a wild time. Let, let's joke. get well, our featured guest today, uh, you know, John Hall, uh, you know, we know you're, you're a beer briefing. You, you've got a sister radio show on iHeartRadio yes. that we have. Um, oh, yeah, I still do yeah. that. That's weird. You've been writing, you know, about beer for a long time. First of all, you're one of the few, like, really dedicated, uh, you know, beer writers that, that I know. Well, thanks. Oh, that says a lot for the rest of us. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I am the editor of Tony All About Beer magazine yeah. these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've been writing about beer for a while. It's 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 a fun gig. It's uh, it's it's not as lucrative as, as some people might make it seem, but it's uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. So yeah, it's. Uh, and now you've got this amazing cookbook. You know. Thank you. James, tell I us tell us a little bit about the craft beer cookbook. The American craft beer cookbook. Oh, oh, oh. it's very patriotic. Pardon me. Okay, I wrap myself in the American flag every time that I open it up. Uh, Red, white, and blue ingredients. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very limiting cookbook in that in that respect. But aside from that, it's uh, yeah, it's 155 recipes from breweries that I called from around the country. And basically, what I wanted to do was tell the story of where we are with American beer and American food right now. Mm. And what I really saw in the, in, in the last 40 years is that people have gotten to the point where they want to know where their beer is coming from. Mm -hmm. So they can walk into a local brewery, they can meet the people who make their beer, they can find out the ingredients that are in it, and when it's on their table, uh, they can actually like – you know, look at the beer and be like, oh, I know what business I'm supporting. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is true with food because 40 years ago, when you think about it, uh, we had given up eating good bread and we had started eating Wonder Bread. And we had given up uh, eating good cheese and like Velveeta replaced it. And we convinced ourselves that we were so busy that we would put a plastic tray in the microwave and whatever came out two minutes later was considered dinner. But now people want to go to farmer's markets and they, they don't want GMOs in their food and they want to go to farm-to-table restaurants restaurants and they want to know what they're eating. And so we've seen the craft beer world and the local food movement kind of come together. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do with this book here. So everything from breakfast to dessert, soups, salads, stews, everything in between. Tony, have, have you uh, – are there other 
cooking with beer or, or craft beer cookbooks that, that you like? That uh, you yeah, I mean, across? there's been a number of them. Um, we normally do our book reviews for Ale Street News in the last issue of the year. This year, there's, there's so many different books, uh, not all cookbooks, but uh, there are a couple out there. It's a very good-looking one from John, and um, we know John. He graced the pages of Ale Street News for a while. It was a lot thank, of fun. Thank you very much. Uh, I just went to a, a food event up in Maine, the state of Maine. It was called Harvest on the Harbor, where they, they featured local uh, restaurants and chefs. I hear that's a great um, event. And, um, yeah, it really is. It started off with wine, but now they really incorporate beer and other locally distilled beverages. So it's a, it's a real showcase of, uh, you know, farm to table and what's, what's grown lo- locally. And the chefs up there are doing an amazing job. I have a question for John. Uh, sure. You know, we talk a lot about food pairing these days. We're talking a lot about beer having a place at the table, just like wine. Um, is there for you in, in the craft beer, in the, the American craft beer cookbook, <laughs> is there a, uh, would you say, a gateway recipe or a gateway combination in there? Like for somebody who's like, no, nah, I don't like having beer with food. And you would say, well, you should try this and it's going to change your mind. You know, it's not people saying that I don't like beer with food. It's more people saying that they don't like beer. Uh, and so food I found to be the actual uh, gateway for people to coming into good beer. So, uh-huh. for example, uh, there's a recipe for pineapple pale ale cupcakes in there. Uh, that you, I, I know with brown sugar on top and, <laughs> and they're really quite good. And, and, and having uh, – and talking to people about how food uh, – or I'm sorry, how beer can mimic food mm. I think brings people out uh, of their show a little bit more. So if I say, well, if you think about a pale ale that already has some tropical fruit notes to it, like pineapple, people will come around to it a little bit more. Um, you know, staying in the pale ale family with like an IPA, I, I, there's a recipe in there for a carrot cake. Uh, that I pair with an IPA. Hmm. And it doesn't sound like something that you'd want to do right off the bat, but a little bit of the bitterness from the pale ale or from the IPA uh, versus like the sweetness and a little bit of the savoriness from the carrot cake, uh, people start to change their perceptions a little bit. And I think if we start talking about uh, beer in food terms, then we can start to bring people uh, to recipes, uh, no matter what type of day it is or what time of day it is or what type of recipe it is. And we have a Annie. Annie likes beer from the Gingerman here too, and Hi, you're Jimmy. A, a Cicerone certified. Yes, sir. So you know a lot about beer and food pairing. Um, what are some classic beer and food pairings that that you like to recommend? Well, you know, I think it's kind of one of those things where if if people aren't used to it, like he was saying, that aren't used to sort of pairing beers with food, um, to start off with different cheeses and di- something that's really accessible that you can do several different cheeses in one place. So if you go, you know, at the Gingerman, we do a cheese plate, and we can pair it with a beer flight. So it's four different styles of cheeses, four different types of beer. And in, you know, five minutes, you can get a really sort of broad idea of all the flavors that are possible. And then it becomes, oh, that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it makes the beer taste better. It makes the cheese taste better. And, like, what else can I do? And then something like, you know, especially now the time when things like the American Craft Beer Cookbook are coming out, it's like, oh, oh, my gosh, there's so many possibilities, and people are getting really excited about it. It's kind of nice to see. You know, there, there was one, one of Garrett Oliver's books, the Oh. Brewer's Table. Yeah, Brewmaster's Brewmaster's Table. Brewmaster's Table. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a classic thing that works so well. It's like he says, get a good barley wine mm-hmm. and, a, and a really good blue cheese like a Stilton. Put the two together and, and they each balance each other. And I found that also with like Lambics. With c- certain types of like yeah. meaty stews can balance mm-hmm. the sourness of, of a beer. Uh, are there other special combinations that you like? Like Tony, let's go around the room because that's cool. Like what's a special food and beer pairing. I had amazing, at the uh, Harvest on the Harbor, it was the um, first beer I had at this uh, the opening tasting. It was uh, Shipyard's uh, Smashed Blueberry 
beer with um, and the, the restaurant next that had this sort of lobster in a cornet with uh, blueberry chutney, and it was Ooh. like wow. <laughs> Hello. Nice. How about you, Jimmy? Well, over, over at the Happy Hour, guys, we, we've done a lot of traveling around the last year, and we were out at New Holland Brewing over the summer in Michigan, and they have a, they're, they're one of their fr- flagship beers is um, uh, Dragon's Milk, which is a big barrel-aged stout, bourbon barrel-aged stout, and I had a very simple uh, um, root beer float, I mean, Dragon's Milk float with a really good vanilla ice cream made with that, and it was I, I was, I was unsure, and it was unbelievable so i want to i want to say to john and, and to the folks out there are listening right now if you want to create a recipe uh, mark aldrich and i at the happy hour guys will be your guinea pigs uh, <laughs> contact us at the happy hour guys dot com and and send us the food and we will taste it and and we will we will tell you what we think we we'll, we'll, you guys we'll do are that amazing happy hour guys see we'll do i think that you guys thing. are gonna t- you guys are gonna knock the brew dogs off <laughs> <laughs> you're better hey, than they'll them. come looking for us man yeah. i'm scared I, of that. and john from your book Pick, yeah. pick a couple of your favorite parent food pairings. Well, you know, one of the things book. that I really like is oysters and a stout. Because if you get a fresh raw oyster and you have a little bit of that brininess, a little bit of that meatiness from uh, from the shellfish itself, and then you get the uh, the sweetness and a little bit of bitterness from the stout, uh, the two contrast in such a fun way uh, that I really enjoy bringing it together in that way. And that's a and that's a thing that people don't always expect. Um, right, you because have, if you think of like seafood, you think of like, oh, we're going to be light and airy and outside and it's going to be nice. And if you get a dark beer that people don't always associate with outside, right. it throws their perceptions for a loop a little bit. And then when it comes together in a nice way. I think we found that, that it's, you know, there's, there's complementary pairings where you're sort of going sweet with sweet. Yeah. But the, the oppositional pairings where you're sort of going savory sweet, you know, and pairing two things together that you wouldn't normally expect, that's where sometimes the real jackpots can be. Yeah. And, you know, it, for me, with the way that the brewers are approaching so many different uh, styles of beer these days, it's fun to find commonalities in a, in a beer that would actually go well with food. So, for example, if somebody's brewing a beer with honey, and suddenly you start thinking about back to your childhood or like even going home to mom and dad these days. And if they do a honey baked ham, mm. suddenly you have, you know, a, a honey Sweet beer that's going to go really well with a really good ham. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And so if you start thinking about beer in food terms, and that's one of the things that I really try to do with the American Craft Beer Cookbook is to talk about beer in food terms. You can find a beer for any dish that's out there. And yeah. I can't believe you mentioned that. That's absolutely a Christmas time, our Christmas ham with pineapple and ginger ale. Mm-hmm. The Guten Careless Vandekaiser is one of my absolute favorite things to have with that. It's delicious. It reminds me of Christmas. And it d- tastes like do Christmas. you bring beers home for your Christmas? Yes. And now, you know, it's really nice. Now they don't want to play beer pong with them anymore. They understand at this point <laughs> that it's better than that. But it's a little bit difficult, I, I, and you might agree with this. To change the public perception of, okay, it's okay to have beer at the table yes. as opposed to like a bottle of wine because people will go out and say, well, I spent $40 on this bottle of wine. It's like, that's great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry that you spent that much money and, and the wine is perfectly nice and, and perfectly wonderful. But this six pack that I just bought for 12 bucks. I think goes a little bit better yeah. with what we have at the table because beer has so much more in common with food than wine does. Mm-hmm. And as I state in the book, I, I personally believe that beer is a better beverage for pairing with food than wine. The carbonation now, just scrubs your tongue. It's perfect. sure okay. Now I was going to comment on that. I want to. I want to know if anybody knows. I know there's been some research on that, like that that beer as an as a substance actually is better for your taste buds. It's better for your equipment. It, it kind of scrubs your taste buds and is better than wine at, at sort of refreshing your palate. I've heard that. But does anybody know if that's like... 
I mean, I, I, I want to agree with that, but well, I mean, how do you feel when you <laughs> drink I beer and eat? I mean, I, I think that's I, I completely like, true. When I, I feel, I feel smarter. like I feel like a hundred. I feel like a hundred dollars <laughs> when I when I have beer with food. Coincidentally, that's what beer writers make per month. So <laughs> good on you. Um, no, I, I think that there is something to be said for the carbonation. I think there is something to be said for uh, the, the scrubbing of the tongue. But at the same time, I just also think that if the flavors are better mm-hmm. and if you start off in a, in a good way, if you're going to do multiple beers for multiple courses throughout, you have to start off with something a little slower and then build up. All right. That's a great uh, first segment. We're gonna, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Wendy Littlefield. I'm going to talk more about Belgian beers and Belgian beer and food pairings. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! You are listening to Sweet Talk by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. She's, she's going to be like, hey, hey, we're hey. looking forward to every single event. Rocking on with John Hall. Hey, welcome back to Beer <laughs> Sessions Radio. Wait a minute. Why am I pouring beer right now? <laughs> I, I, I can't get back to the microphone because I'm pouring beer for everybody. Help and, uh, me out here. Heritage Radio Network. Thank Thanks you. to our sponsors, greatbrewers.com and to the Good Beer Seal. All right. Here we are. It's uh, November. We got uh, John Hall. We're, we're previewing the American. You know, the whole time I thought your book was called Craft Beer Cookbook. No, the American. Craft I didn't know beer that. Book. It's patriotic. I've been carrying that book around for a month, and you know we're doing a dinner next week. Yes, at Jimmy's we are. Number forty-three. It's going to be great. We're going to start off with the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we're going <laughs> to wrap up with the Battle Hymn, uh, Hymn of the Republic. Afterwards, it's going to be great. And I, I, I thought say, it was a. Amer- I didn't know it was called American Craft Beer Cookbook, man. I have to say, John, the, the thought of, of of seeing you in my mind's eye wrapping yourself in the American flag and nothing else, and nothing that, else that is Thanks. sexy, man. <laughs> That is a sexy cookbook. You're the only person who'll say that, by really? the way. I just want to say. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. But, but, but I'm I'll totally happy I'll, that you I'll are. I'll take that. So I'll take it. <laughs> well, you know, this, this is a great segue because I'm talking about sexy people. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Wendy. I, is Wendy, Wendy Littlefield on the phone? Yeah. Wendy? You're having a grand time there. Can you hear me? Yes. Did you hear what we just said about you? <laughs> I think that's very complimentary, especially <laughs> to a woman of my vintage. I think you have a, a room of fans here. You know, everybody say hi. I don't know. It's it's if you can hear us, but everybody say hi to Wendy. Wendy, hi. We miss hi, you. Wendy. We wish you were Hello. here. Hello, Wendy. Hello. I know John is there and Jimmy's there. Who else is Tony, there? Tony, L Street. Anne's oh, here. hey, how are you? Uh, Jimmy Ludwig. Jimmy Ludwig from the Happy Hour guys. And it's me, Anne. Good to talk Anne, to you after darling. five hours. How are you? <laughs> so, Wendy, let, let's jump. Let's jump to the chase. We all know about you know, uh, you know, coast to coast toast and Van Bergen to Wolf. 
But why don't you jump in? Tell us, you had a conversation with Ann today from Ginger Man. You know, what, what, are, you, what are you encouraging, you know, these, these bars to do for Coast to yeah. Coast? I mean, there's 700 bars and restaurants participating in your event next week on November 14th. Yes, sir. It's all a band of co-conspirators. It's truly, it's all of our friends in the beer world do a party on the same day. And, and this year we have a special focus on beer and food pairings because of our nomination for the James Beard Award. So people are doing all kinds of crazy things. Um, last year, Anne did a spectacular party at Ginger Man that was essentially a, a total tap takeover with a curated guide to our beers that was just really a keeper. It, it's a collector's item. Um, and Aww. this year, no, it's true. <laughs> and this year, the the focus is on sour beers. So how with the history of sour beers and then some small plates, I do believe. Is that right, madam? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be a great and very sophisticated party at Ginger Man. I also, I also spoke to John, who is a, a buddy as well and, um, of course, is one of the great um, advocates for beer and food pairings and having beer have a place at the table that is, uh, you know, equal to wine. Your your check is in the mail for saying that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessary. Um, it, but is for, it is for me, John. Please. <laughs> yeah, but right he's away. you know. So we've talked a little bit about the types of events that are taking place, like Stage Left in New Jersey, which is a great restaurant in New Brunswick, is doing a wild game dinner. Did you get to talk to them, John? I did, yes. Isn't that a great-looking menu? It, it's, it's fantastic. It's one of the best uh, beer and food menus that I've seen in quite a while. Well, yeah, they're very, very good. It's Do you guys have – Wendy, can you tell us a little bit more about the menu that they're doing? And more, well, about, more about this place. I've never heard of it. Well, yeah, I'm going to talk – I want to talk in general about the kinds of themes and how they're being executed because every year we do the party a little bit differently. So because of the uh, the decision to focus on beer and food, we said, let's have some people do wild game. Let's have some people do oysters and beer. Let's have some people do tapas. Let's have some people do artisan pizza and beer. Let's have some people do custom burgers. Let's have some people do poutine. And then we sort of threw it out to friends and said, you know, which one of these things do you want to identify with? And so first and foremost, there was a, there's a place in Rochester, and another element of this event that I love is um, because we started our business in a small town, and we built Omegang in a small town, I have tremendous reverence and affection for people who do great things in out-of-the-way places. So the first, this is a long-winded answer, but the first place that decided to do a game event was um, Tap and Table in Rochester, do you know that bar? Anybody know that bar? No. I'm not allowed in Rochester now. anymore. Oh, okay, well. There's actually a court order <laughs> yes. uh, that is keeping John away from Rochester. No, nah, I'm totally nah, 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 nah. Okay. We have a writer that lives in Rochester, the beer predator. But, uh. Oh, hey there. Um, so, so it, well, Tap and Mallet is a great bar, and now there's a gastropub, which is definitely the best place in town. Uh, called Tap and Table, and it's an Englishman who started it, you all to know. Uh, and so they picked up on it on a wild game theme. And then I was talking to Mark Pascal, who's one of the partners at Stage Left, and as we were discussing ideas of what to do, he said, I like that idea too. 
So you'll see these themes that I've mentioned cropping up in different parts of the country executed by, by different um, people. So now, getting to stage left, um, let's see what their menu consists of. A spiked sweet potato soup and applejack cherries with Vicaris General, which is this beautiful Abbey Double from the Dillowins Brewery. Hunter's Salad with root vegetables and scalvis refermenté. You guys know the Dubuisson Brewery that was founded in 1769. Bison short ribs with espresso rubbed with pickled carrots, um, and that's with DuPont Special Belge, which is pretty amazing. They could get their hands on that. And then venison and apple and cheddar tart with um, Pierre de Miel. I'll be right over. Right? I mean, my gosh. Jeez. But this is one of the most serious restaurants, um, you know, in the greater New York area. And the fact that they'll do a beer dinner is just fantastic. They were mentioned in Michael Jackson's uh, book, The Beers of Belgium, right? Yeah, I th- you know, I think they probably are because they, we go back with those guys decades. You know, they were some of the early um, early advocates for, for great beer. And then they, they, they got much more wine-focused, and, and, you know, God bless their souls. They're, they're still being very inclusive of good beers. So it's, it's called Stage Left? Mm-hmm. John, have you yep. been there? Yes. One question, because John's, you know, he's been touring with his, his American Craft Beer Cookbook. Patriotic. And I'm trying to find out if, if he's been to every <laughs> like place in his book. Sure. Is, is Stage Left in your book? Do you no, have a recipe from uh, I, I don't have a recipe from there, but as a proud member of the Garden State tribe, uh, born and raised in New Jersey, uh, yeah, no, Stage Left has been on my radar for a while. Uh, it's in New Brunswick, which is a great college town if you're into the whole Rutgers thing. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not. But I still go there anyway because uh, they're doing a really nice job with uh, with their beer and food. And this is uh, this recipe is a is a perfectly nice uh, example of that. I will point out too uh, because people in New Jersey get a little bit uh, nervous about this. The venison that they're getting does not come from animals <laughs> hit on the side of the turnpike, but they're actually getting it in a good way. Uh, Wendy wouldn't allow for you know Garden State Parkway uh, roadkill. Yeah. definitely not. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm looking then, out for you, Wendy. That's all I'm doing. No, that's fantastic. As you clench your fist and shake it towards the East Coast right now, yes. <laughs> talking about uh, out-of-the-way places, Wendy, have you done anything or are you doing anything right now with uh, Chris Lively up in Maine? You know, he has Ebenezer's Pub and then the new place oh, yeah. in uh, yeah. Brunswick as well. No, no. He's an elusive fellow. We certainly reached out to him, but... Uh-huh. Um, no, he's not. If you look at the list of places that take part in the Coast to Coast Toast, it reads like a, you know, who's who of the great beer bars of the country. So, like Mekong is doing a total tap takeover, and they're doing rocket shrimp that's you know fried in spring rolls and all kinds of cool stuff. But uh, Chris, no, I don't. I don't quite know. Why not? But he's not on it. So yeah. if you want Jimmy Ludwig to go up to there, uh, yes, to, that, to that restaurant, he'll just go and knock on the door and demand to know why they're not participating. Yeah, I can just basically say, you know <laughs> what? Just say the word, Wendy. You guys are like wild wanna, game, and I we're going to hunt you down. I don't want to pick on anybody. Because uh, we, we've gotten together in Belgium and enjoyed his company. I would just say he's elusive. And that's okay. He doesn't have to do it if he doesn't want to. So, Wendy, uh, you've... Note, you do you know Strange Loves in Philly? No, don't know them. Or Memphis Tap Room. Oh yeah, Memphis two, Tap Room. Yeah, for sure. two great bar owners have five or six places. They've taken 
cheeses from De Bruno, and they've washed them, uh, the rind in our beers, and they're going to be serving different cheeses and different beers at all five of their locations. That sounds like a great concept. Yeah. 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 And what, and what then, about Chicago? Like, what, what are some of the, I mean, it's, tell us, well, I, yeah, let's I mean, keep talking about food and beer pairings, because we're, we're, I think we're all yeah. trying to learn more about it. Yeah. Well, there are three, there, there are three three places that are vying for the crown of, you know, most parties, and that's Illinois, California, and New York. So we'll probably have 100 parties in, in Illinois. Um, and the signature party, because we live here now, is at a place called Fat Rice, which was named one of the top 10 new restaurants of the year by Bon Appetit. And it's a, it's a restaurant that uh, does the cuisine of Macau, um, very, you know, Asian comfort food, Portuguese, Asian influences, just spectacular food. And so we're doing um, a multi-course beer dinner, family style, and uh, at Fat Rice. So, Wendy, can I ask you a question? Uh, yeah. It's Jimmy Ludwig here, the Happy Hour Guys. Um, I, there's, there's a lot of, of talk these days. Now the craft beer is sort of crossing over into, you know, this world, the world of really fine dining and amazing food pairings. Can you think of a, a pairing or a particular menu offering that is just downright decadent, just crazy decadent? Like, oh, my God, you know, the idea of uh, caviar in another, in another world or, or Cristal in another world, you know, what, what is it? What's an offering that you've seen that's just like mind-blowing and, you know, check your wallet, that sort of thing? Because I think we're well, about to enter into that world, and, and I yeah. want to know where the reward is for that. You know what I mean? Well, well, yeah, and I want to go back and say, you know, we did the first beer dinner at the James Beard Foundation, the first trainings at the Culinary Institute. We've been around for 32 years, so we've seen this evolve. The best combinations are not necessarily the most expensive, though the Dutch in New York is looking at doing caviar and scaldus prestige, so, like, you know, nothing on the menu would be under $95. <laughs> um, and that's great. That's a, that's a decadent experience. Yep. But, you know, doing um, artichokes with, um, with La Bière de Belloy is also amazing. I just, and my, not my, very my, expensive. My point is that I, I, you know, I think beer is sort of perceived as being not as expensive, but but now we're sort of beer is sort of climbing into a territory that it wasn't previously in, which is if you want to go and go top 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 shelf, you can in the craft beer world, and that's I think people would assume that in the wine world and obviously in the spirits world, but in craft beer, that's not been part of the identity. And do you feel that that's changing? Well, sometimes yes and sometimes no. I mean, vintage lambics can be very, very expensive and understandably so. We have some in our house that are more than 20 years old and, wow. you know, pretty amazing, amazing, amazing drinks. Um, so we'll be but, there tomorrow. <laughs> we have a lot yeah. of places to go. Yeah. Yeah, why don't we yeah. go to your house in Chicago <laughs> yeah. for the Coast to Coast Toast? <laughs> yeah. I would say at the uh, Mondial de la Beer events that I've been to in Montreal and in Europe also, they had caviar beer tasting seminar, both of those, and where they actually paired up with uh, champagne beer, which is uh, – yeah. you, can, you can find, uh, you know, half a dozen examples of that. Around well, that's one thing. I want to say uh, that's an interesting point, Wendy, and John, in your book – I mean, I feel like a lot of this, you've covered breweries and brew pubs that are serving food. But, um, you know, it, it's nice to hear about, you know, high-end restaurants and, and, and this higher concept things, too. Because a, a lot of people don't ever think about pairing caviar with beer. It's the first time I've ever heard that. 
But it sounds really good to me. I can't. I mean, I yeah. want to try that right now. I mean, it sounds amazing. And, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's not all pulled pork and you know fish and chips. Bingo. And, right? and, and I've done that uh, certainly. And you're right that it's not all burgers and nachos. And that's one of the things that I wanted to do with the American Craft Beer Cookbook. But at the same time, talking about some of the beers that Wendy uh, and, and Don have brought into the United States, like Cezanne Dupont, there are certain nights where I will just go out and buy a bottle of Cezanne Dupont. My wife and I will just sit around in the apartment and just drink the entire bottle and it feels decadent because mm. it, the beer not only has a wonderful taste to it but it also has just such a wonderful flavor uh, to it as well and it's got just sort of an aura around it and as a wonderful well. history as well a- a- absolutely Absol- yeah. so you don't actually even need to pair you know some of these fine beers that are being brought in from overseas it's just tasting it on its own and appreciating what's in your glass and, and, and I think that that's one of the great things about uh, the coast to coast toast that's coming up is uh the, the the beer and food pairings that's going to happen, the recipes and the, the, the restaurants that are doing uh, these things is wonderful. But the beer on its own in its glass sitting on your couch uh, with some nice music playing in the background uh, with somebody that you care about, like that to me – is like one of the best things. It's like the coast to coast romantic. Decadent there, John. I'm getting pretty decadent. What about with somebody you you don't... My wife is blushing somewhere right now. What about with somebody you don't particularly care about but it's just really hot? Is that that okay? Uh, Bud Light Lime Arena. Let let Wendy answer that one. Let, let, let Wendy answer the, that question, Jimmy. I don't. I don't even know where that one was going. I want to say. I want. Oh come on, Wendy! Come on! I would. I set you up there, Littlefield. Come on! No, no, no! I would. Ha- I, no, re- r- ramping things back in. I don't think that I'm afraid of people beginning to make beer seem, you know, terribly recherche and exquisitely expensive. Because I really will maintain that that beer is one of the most affordable luxuries in the world, and ounce for ounce, even the most expensive beer is a bargain compared to almost any other world class edible thing. Absolutely, That's how yeah, I initially got absolutely. I, I just my point, I think, was that I was trying to make was that I, I think there's still for a lot of people, especially in the United States, definitely not so much in Europe. Uh, I was just in the UK this summer, not so much there, but definitely in the United States, there still is a little bit of the stigma of beer being the the, the what you drink with nachos and burgers, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, so th- thus it's more of the you know it, it doesn't it doesn't have the ability to climb into the, the for instance the Rob Report, you know what I mean? And uh, no, but that's I uh, know, and actually I think that that's changing so fast. Well, that's my Rob point. Rep- that's yeah, my the point. Rob Report, you know, ages ago did stuff on you know lambics of ours or uh, vintage beers. So no, uh, you know, I and 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 premier. I'm not Traveler, your I'm not your he, enemy here, Wendy. I swear to God. No, no, no. I'm not I don't think. Enemy. I don't. No, no, I'm no. Not no, trying to make you that, mad. No, you're not making me mad. But I'm just saying that that I don't think that I think that the beer is for for everyone, and and you can have a very simple experience with a great hot dog and a wonderful beer, and it's great, and you can have. You know, a very complex um, experience with with uh, a great chef. Um, you know, I'll speak, I'll speak in passing, Jimmy. I know you know that Charlie Trotter died today. Yeah, we we uh, it was tweeted so today sad. on the Heritage Radio yeah. Network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Charlie Amazing. Trotter. Cheers to Charlie, man. Amen. Charlie yeah. Trotter, rest in peace. Cheers. Yeah, and he was one of the first, you know, great name chefs to experiment. With beer, and you would never think that th- that would be the case. But Larry Stone, who was his sommelier, uh, very readily understood that the flavors that that we were bringing in and the beers that we 
imported were unbelievable. So, so uh, thank so, you. Yeah, much. I'll tell you this. Um, I think definitely when we're talking about also, you know, introducing people who are uh, uh, used to a higher culinary standard or, you know, you know, looking for that beverage like a cognac or, or champagne, I think that we're going to look more and more to, to you guys because I think Belgium is still that place where, where you know, we've had this talk about how to get hip-hop guys interested in beer, you know, people that, that, that don't associate beer with luxury. You know, I think that Belgium is a starting point, and I think that's one thing that's going to come uh, next week with Coast to Coast Toast. But thank you for bringing up Charlie Trotter. Yeah, we all heard, learned about him today. I've never met him. Uh, I know it was, it, there was a, some tweets from Heritage Radio Network. So uh, yeah, let's make a toast to Charlie, yeah. and uh, we'll take a short, short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Nice. Thanks, Wendy. You are listening to Favorite Flower by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Do you want to taste the finest beer and spirits from over 125 breweries and 30 distilleries? The Craft Experience, the most exclusive craft and spirit tasting event in New York, hosted by great brewers, is available to the public for the first time ever. Join your fellow beer and spirit enthusiasts on Wednesday, November 13th in Manhattan to mingle with the superstars of the craft beverage world. Tickets are available now at www.thecraftexp.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio. This is the loudest crowd. I've got, I've got journalists here and writers and TV stars. And this is just a wild run, but guys, guess what? We're talking about some serious stuff. Yes, beer we are. Food pairing. Yes, we it doesn't are. have to be that serious. Because <laughs> you've got the American Craft Beer. American, what is your book, man? It's so confusing. It's the American Craft Beer Cookbook. Keep your tie on, John. Sing the battle hymn of the Republic, <laughs> as it. you say. So, John, I want you to please read to us the, the, the names or the of recipes the of, the beer. of a few of the... Come on, do you want to promote your book? No, I do. All right, so uh, obviously the best-named recipe in the book is called the Hot Tea Sandwich. Oh. And it comes from this obscure little restaurant in uh, that small city known as New York, New York. And the restaurant is known as uh, Jimmy's Number – I'm sorry, Jimmy's No 43. <laughs> I love Jimmy's that Jimmy's question place. mark. No, I, I love that, that place. Jimmy's uh, Number 43. Uh, so, so Jimmy actually <laughs> contributed a recipe to this uh, cookbook, which is one of the reasons that I'm on the show today. <laughs> and uh, thanks, Jim. And uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's basically what Elvis would have – 
eaten if he had survived. And it's it's it, it's it's a wonderful thing about uh, using uh, organic bananas, uh, free trade bananas, uh, honey, sea salt, smoked sea salt Thank in, in the recipe as well. Thank and uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. And guess but, what we're gonna do for the dinner next week? Uh, we're gonna have that as dessert. With some we're gonna bacon. turn it into a bread crumb, a bread pudding. So it's gonna be a banana. It's the only reason butter, I'm coming to the dinner. Honey, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Bread pudding. But we have bread. duck fat home fries, Ooh. and we have a beer caramel sauce. If you want that carrot cake that I was talking about earlier, uh, it's also got a bourbon mascarpone uh, icing on top. You know, of it. it's true. When, when I when I first went through your book, yeah, um, a few things stood out, and one of them was that you had a great recipe from Garrett. You got to you got to mention Garrett Oliver when you're talking oh, about. Of half course, of the, you have to half talk half about Garrett Oliver. And so I, I thought it was so great. He has, he has a very simple a, a duck fat home fries, right? And that, to me, when I think about Garrett Oliver keeps uh, ducks in his backyard. No, I know that he can render. <laughs> but down. what I'm saying is, I liked when on the last segment, Wendy Littlefield was talking about you know a pairing with a, a fine Belgian beer and caviar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I think about beer and food pairings, I, I often think about very simple dishes. So like a duck fat home fries, like it's potatoes cooked in home fries, maybe some yeah. onions. That to me sounds perfect with a beer. Yeah, what, what beer would that go with? Jim. That's a, that's an excellent question, Jimmy. As I you flip with that, that. malty with that. Here's what you're not seeing. Something malty with there. Here's what you're not seeing. What what you're not seeing right now is John frantically flipping through his own book to find the answer to that question. Which did you actually write this book? I no no I I did actually write this. No, tell the truth. When did you write it? You can't handle the truth. I wrote I wrote this two and a half years ago. So what I'd say on the. Uh, the side dishes chapter of from which this particular du- uh, duck fat home fries from Garrett Oliver uh, comes from uh, that you should find a beer that uh, that suits your needs uh, for that. So whatever you're – listen, whatever if you're is. having duck fat home fries by themselves at the end of the day, really whatever beer is in your fridge, you're, you should just open up. If and, you're having uh, and duck fat on. home fries, your life is pretty freaking good. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like what Wendy Littlefield, uh, Littlefield was talking about before. Going. Like you're just opening up like you know all sorts of like crazy like – like lambics from the past. Well, you know, you could also have the saison bread from. So you the, brought uh, this beer and I tell did. us what it is. <laughs> it's Thanks, Jimmy, for saving me. Uh, I brought the saison bread, which uh, is the smokestack series from Boulevard Brewing Company. Wait, and is that a craft? Soon. Is that a craft brewery? In That's my it. mind, it it's is. A Belgian oh. brewery now. Right? Uh, it is. It's owned. It's owned by Duval Morgat <laughs> these days. But when this was bottled was earlier this summer, it was still coming from Kansas City, Missouri. There you go. And it is a saison with Britannomyces in it. So you're getting a lot of those botanical flavors in there as well. But there's also this really kind of nice funky flavor that's coming off of the back of it. It's not even horse blanket. It's a little bit of spicy. It's a little bit of like this like robustness on the uh, on the back end of it. It's uh, it's quite nice. And it's a little now, tight. Too. Now it's that I tight. yeah, now that I've made an ass out of Lemony. myself. Oh come from, on! Like you know, that's my job. <laughs> I'm way ahead of you, John. Way ahead of you. <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about beer. Let's talk beer. About okay, beer. since we're talking about beer news, this is right. you know we try to try to talk about first of all, uh, Tony. How would you define a microbrewery versus a craft brewery? Well, you know, the standard definition is if once you exceed 15,000 barrels, then you're no longer a microbrewery, you're then a regional craft brewery, which a lot of people so 15, are barrels. going through that level. And I've actually visited a few breweries lately that have uh, really built out, like uh, Allagash, for one, up in Maine, beautiful build out. They have a 75-barrel brew house now, wow. Brewcon. Um, Ithaca Beer in New York State, beautiful new brewery. 
Uh, Two Roads, which is a new purpose-built brewery to not only make their own brands, but to contract brew for other people. These are all large breweries, you know, for historically what we're used to as microbreweries. So then what, what, what happened with Boulevard? So Boulevard got bought... By Duval. But they By Duval that owns uh, yeah. Alma Gang, and I guess they figured... I mean, the quote from uh, Michelle uh, Morgat, the owner of Duval, was that they see a lot of quality going on now here in the U.S., and so they're interested in getting involved. Yeah. I think the other quote was that they're uh, ready to go shopping, and that was the first acquisition, right? Well, well no, yeah. it's not it's the first acquisition because well, they already had... had oh, again, the first, yeah. the new oh, acquisition, that's what I mean. And, and personally, I see this as a good thing. Because too. because I think that there's a lot of people who see you know craft beer uh, in the quote unquote terms that we're seeing in the U.S. these days as this uh, uh, church and state thing. It's either mm-hmm. you're very big like Anheuser Busch or you're craft like Sierra Nevada, and if you're not in there, then you're crafty or something like that. But let's look at it this way: Boulevard is now owned by a Belgian company that has a huge European and overseas distribution network, where this beer will now be able to go to European countries where Absolutely. it hasn't been before, yep. and it will further the sense that the U.S. is still the best brewing country on the nation mm-hmm. in the world at this point. And we're not number one at education. We're certainly not number one at government <laughs> or healthcare <laughs> or anything like it's, that. Uh, but yeah. when it comes to beer, uh, we're doing some really good stuff. So I think that by blurring so, the lines a little bit, uh, it, it's not going to be a yeah. bad thing I mean, for... And take it as a sign overall. of respect. Absolutely. Huh? And, and, hand, and hand in hand with that, and getting back to our overall theme, which is there's never been a better time in recorded history to eat and drink. The, the food and, the, and the, the liquids that are available to us out there, and especially in the beer world, as Wendy said, for not a whole lot of money, you can have stuff that will literally be so good it'll take the top of your head off. And, and that is an amazing thing to have happen to just about everyone these days, in, 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 especially in the United States, but in the world at large. I mean, craft beer. I was in uh, Ann Arbor over the summer, and they just opened an affiliate brewery in India, yeah. and they cannot make beer fast enough. It's it's just a wonderful time to eat and drink. It's a wonderful time to pair beer with food, and it's a wonderful time to buy the American craft beer. Coke. But I have to say, it's also a really great time. <laughs> there you and go. Your check good is good plug. I like Thank it you very much. Um, it's also a time because that's growing, though. I get a little not nervous, but you know, a lot of people are seeing this growth in craft beer, and a lot of them have the means and the money to kind of scoop things up. I'm not talking about this particular thing at all. I think it's a great idea. I think it's you know great for for Boulevard. But as long as I guess people know what it is and know where it's coming from and call an ace and ace i'm all right with that i think you know what i mean not like a ab buying up little craft brands and doing this and disguising them it's like as long as people know what they're buying and know what they're into i think it's great if i can go to a ball you know baseball stadium and get an ipa awesome we're gonna have a show coming up about a contract brewing we want you to be on that. You sure you want me on that? I Maggie and Justin will be in. We'll, we'll, we're going to plan that when you leave the show. But okay. a couple last things with John. So John Hall. Yes, sir. The, I'm going to read it again. The American, American Craft Beer Cookbook. 155 okay. recipes Pick from up your four family. places that you went to or that you like, breweries or brew pubs, that uh, have recipes in the book. I Because I know you've been traveling a lot. I have been quite a bit. I think everybody book. should go to Stone. 
Uh, Stone uh, in, in Escondido has yeah. one of the best breweries going out there. They have a really nice Japanese stone Zen garden in the back. That's a fun thing to see. Uh, I think that the other one that people should definitely go and visit and hang out at is uh, Dogfish Head. Uh, it's got a great party atmosphere to it. It's got uh, they're doing some really bocce. inventive things, yeah, bocce, bocce ball. Uh, and they're doing some really fun things at their pub that you can uh, definitely go and 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 try and taste. Uh, for my money, when I'm traveling brew pub wise, Haymarket Pub and Brewery in Chicago is one of the best brew pubs in the country right now. Every time I go in there, I feel welcome. Every time I walk out feeling full and a little bit tipsy from the good food and beer. And I think, and I'm going to definitively state this, the best beer brewery tour that I've been on in the country comes from the Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Ah. You go on a Friday evening. They have their fish fry, which is a a Midwest tradition. They have a polka band playing. And you get several generations of the same family showing up, drinking, dancing, eating, having a great time. Uh, For my money, it is one of the best times that I've ever had at a brewery. And if you watch the old Laverne and Shirley show, uh, (laughs) they put a glove on their bottle line. And as it goes through, they encourage everybody to sing the theme song. Uh, I'm (laughs) fortunately a little bit too young. Uh, to fully appreciate that, but I appreciate it anyway. In the Wayne's uh, World <laughs> theme song. Lakefront Lake Brewery, uh, everybody should be going to in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. John, thanks for coming on. That's and, why I'm and, here. Uh, next week we're doing a beer dinner with uh, your American craft beer cookbook. Everybody should come Jamie's out. Jamie's number 43. What day bacon. is that? With next bacon. Wednesday, November 13th. Are you coming? All right. Yeah. All right, and done. Guess, and Tony, what's <laughs> coming up? you going to take your money coming up. Uh, we just actually have our dates for our – We're still. There, this may be beer paradise here in the U.S. We're still p- taking people to Belgian beer paradise. Paradise in Europe because the European experience. We are thinking of actually reversing and bringing groups over here to the U.S. now because there's so much to see. But our tour next year is on for the end of April. We're going back to the Zethos Festival, uh, having missed it for a couple of years. So, our so it's Ale Street News. Uh, Elstreetnews.com. You can find Check out the details. Out. All right. And Annie, you've got a, uh, something going on for the Coast to Coast, 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 Coast Toast. Yes. Um, on Thursday, November 14th, we're going to be showcasing a lot of the uh, Van Bergen DeWolf Sours. All the, the Lambics collection, their new Creek Lambics, um, and also a very special surprise for sour lovers. So, all right, come and on it, in. It's Jimmy and Happy Hour Guys. Always great stuff at thehappyhourguys.com. And looking like we're going to be writing a column for a very cool magazine soon and looking to close a deal to be on a cable network near you soon. And you guys so. might go head to head with Brew Dogs. Yeah, huh? we'll see. We'll see. All right. Against Brew Dogs. Cool. All right, so some <laughs> events coming up uh, next, next Wednesday also. Uh, the craft beer experience, or the craft experience, thecraftexp.com. Uh, our sponsor, greatbrewers.com, has over 125 breweries and over 20 uh, distilleries coming in, and you'll be able to meet the producers and, and the owners. It's going to be an awesome event, and we've helped curate some of the food, too. So that's uh, thecraftexp.com. In closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Beer Sessions Radio is also supported by the Good Beer Seal. Uh, you can find us on Facebook under Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network, and you can also check us out on Twitter at beer underscore sessions. If you'd like this podcast, Give us a good review on iTunes as well. I think many people do listen to it on iTunes or on Archive. Thanks to John, Jimmy, Tony, and Wendy, and Ann for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, uh, Brie O'Connor, and, and uh, Justin Kennedy, and, uh, and, and Maggie, Maggie. <laughs> uh, Engineer Joe Galarraga. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Cheers. Cheers. Woo! Drink eight beer. Save the world.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.